Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothbaum back in the chair. And we continue this week in our series of conversations with former City players. And over the past few weeks, I've enjoyed the company of Peter Barnes, Joe Corrigan and Gary Owen. And this week, I welcome a true City legend. He played for the Blues for, I think, 16 years and scored one of the most important goals in the club's history. He is, of course, City legend Tommy Booth. Tommy, welcome to the Man City Show. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure, yeah. Listen, in the last couple of weeks, um, I've started with, you know, how did you become a footballer? Did you always want to be a footballer? How did you join City? I'm not going to do that with you. Tommy, I'm going to start with that goal and your memories of the 1969 FA Cup final against Everton in the last minute. Just give us your memories of how that happened and, 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 and the lead up to it and everything you can remember about that goal. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I, I, well, as you well know, it was my uh, first uh, year t- season in the game, and uh, the reason I got in the side was because we just got beat in uh, by Fenerbahce in uh, the European Cup, and I was on the subs bench that day, and I was sick as anyone else, like you know. But uh, unbeknown to me, that was that got me in the side. And uh, we went on to the FA Cup final, but as I say, the semi-final, uh, that was uh, unbelievable. I mean, when Joe when Joe Royal came and signed for us, City, I always ribbed him about, you know, I, I, he was supposed to be marking me at uh, when I scored the goal at the end. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and but <laughs> Joe being a good lad, I always say, you know, he, he is a good lad, Joe. And that. But, the, I mean, Mum and Dad went there that day, and... Uh, Mum and Dad and me uh, uncle and auntie, and uh, they never seen the goal because they thought it was going to be because uh, in them days it wasn't extra time, uh, so they just thought, oh well, it's going to be a, a replay. And, and they, they left, they left, the, they left, the <laughs> left the stadium before before they saw your goal. They left the stadium, yeah, and obviously in the car, they didn't know until they got home in them days, because, I mean, he had a, an old Bedford van, me dad, or something like that, <laughs> and uh, he didn't, he didn't realise until he got home, and obviously,
obviously, uh, the television in them days, I mean, you see, you see, shown it live, but you couldn't sort of record it or anything like that. And uh, so they never, ever, they never saw the goal at all. <laughs> it, it, it's really interesting that, that I, I, in, in my research, just talking to you, um, I, I looked up the game and I mean, it's like, you know, it's one camera angle. You don't really see yourself, but there is one iconic photograph, which I'm sure I, I hope you've got framed somewhere on your wall in your, in your man cave, if you've got a man cave. Uh, and yeah. it's that one with, with the toilet paper in the back of the net, you know, the toilet roll that's been yeah. thrown on. And, and you just yeah. sort of, you just, you, you're just sort of almost bending one knee. And, and that's what I always remember that, that photograph, you know, that, that was shown hundreds and hundreds of times. And it was, did, did you appreciate, you were obviously such a young man at the time, did you appreciate the significance of it at the time when it was scored? Do you really appreciate it, do you think? Oh, yeah, I mean, you do. I mean, uh, I mean, and to be honest, truthful, in, in them days, uh, it was uh, the FA Cup was the probably the main trophy everyone wanted to play in. You know, it was, uh, Europe was coming along then, but uh, to do it, yeah, and be off, you know, on a, on a state like Langley, which was uh, half and half, you know, City on United. I mean, it was, uh, it was just, just brilliant to do it. And uh, obviously, like, uh, to get, I mean, to score in the last minute, it's just a dream come true. Because I was always a City fan and, uh, you know, to take, take us to Wembley. And I always remember the goal itself. It was, uh, it came, Neil Young took, took it and uh, Mike somebody had it down and he came to me on my left foot and I was just about to shoot and Colin Bell was behind me and he said, leave it. And I thought, leave it? I thought, you lot up front of me couldn't hit a barn door today. Like, so I just did <laughs> So I just took it with my left foot and it went. Fantastic, and and then took took us to Wembley against Leicester, who were who were, who were relegated, of course, that year. And you you were yeah, yeah. you were you were a young man, of course, in 1969. You were you were a youngster, probably the youngest in the side, I guess. That all yeah yeah all that's young... right yeah 18 yeah yeah exactly something. I mean, he was. Uh, I, I, to be honest, when when I first got in the team and. Uh, I made my debut against Huddersfield in the League Cup, and it was Malcolm giving me uh, a bit of experience because we were in Europe. We was going in Europe, uh, you know, and he was just giving me a bit of sword. And we we ended up drawing nil nil in that game. But then he took me out, and then I was on the subs bench. And then when we got beat by Fenerbahce, I was I was sick as anyone, you know. But uh, sure. as well as playing for City, I was I was a City fan. And uh, but that was when they dropped George Eslop and. Uh, I got my chance to play in the side, and uh, and it went on from there. We won the uh, FA Cup that season, and, and that final, that 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 that. I mean, this is it's 26th of April, of course. It's only uh, we're recording this on the 27th, so it's a, it's a, a day after the anniversary. Uh, and going to yeah. the experience of a young lad in his first season, obviously George Heslop, you'd replaced him in the side. That whole yeah. build up to the final, and you made the point, Tommy, that, that of course you know we've got semi-finals at Wembley now, and the Europe competition has become so important that the FA Cup is not what it was like in those days. It was the tournament. Telly Telly started at 10 o'clock in the morning with you know people's you know at the hotel and the coach and the, the yeah. coach and all that it just it was as a small boy I was at that final as a young lad um, it was just what, my first visit to Wembley and it was just it was the event and it must have been for you as a City fan playing in uh, was that the first time you played at Wembley as well yourself your first visit to Wembley or had you yeah. been before so just, just no talk no through, I mean talk, I've never been I've never been down, I've never been to Wembley um, coming out I mean it was you know you know what it is it's 
both teams come out at the same time, you know, as we, as you as you line up and get introduced to everybody. I think it, it was Princess Anne actually. It was, and as yeah. you're both coming out, both sets of fans cheer, and it is deafening, and you definitely need that ten minutes just to get your head together, you know. And uh, you know, because it, 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 it's just just a fantastic uh, day. But uh, I always remember in the dressing room when we're going out, and someone said, "Who we?" Uh, who were being introduced to, who is it? And someone said, oh, it's Princess Anne. So we all said, so what do you say to her? And the, so no one said anything. So when we get, oh, we, when we get, we're all lined up. And she goes to Tony Book, and Tony Book just bows his head and, you know, shakes her hand, and, she, and then he, he introduces, and, and they just bow in their head, not saying anything. And then we had a lad in the team called Tony Coleman, who you must know, the lad Scouser. Yep. And uh, he came to her, like, came to her and said, oh, Tony Book said that this is uh, Tony Coleman. He went, all right, love. How's your mum and dad? And he was like, we all went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she went, oh, they're fine, thank you. He went, tell her I was asking about them, won't you? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know whether it's true. I heard a story that he, he actually asked her for a phone number as well. I don't know if he actually did that as well, but maybe that's yeah, just he a, would. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was just—he just—he just, just a typical. I mean, he was a great lad. He was, and uh, but he, he just calmed us all down. You know, we're all just sort of like, what's he saying that to her? Yeah. <laughs> but apparently, you know, a few days later, and that's on, and they, they got a letter at the uh, at main road at the club. And he was saying, oh, thanking uh, the lad in the number 11 shirt for asking, or whatever shirt <laughs> number he was, for asking he was, about... He, he, was, he was number 11. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And, and, uh, I've, I've asked around, Tommy, as well, in leading up to the, to the show, so anybody wants to ask you any questions, and it, it leads me on to one from Paul Denby, um, uh, who comes on the show quite regularly, saying that what gave you greater pleasure, winning the final or scoring the winner in the last minute of the semi-final? Uh, I mean, you always. I mean, I, I scored the winner in the in the, in the semi final last minute. It was absolutely fantastic to do it. It was. Uh, it, it, it's just a feeling that you, that you very rarely achieve. But uh, you still got to win it. You still got to win it, and then you get your. You, you know, the clubs down in history. It's gone there. You, you, your name's against uh, winning it. So. I mean, if you said to me, would you, would you, you know, what would you sooner have? Uh, if I couldn't, if it, I mean, if I didn't score the winner, we wouldn't have got there. But I mean, saying that to win the final is is fantastic, and and, and you, you go down in history. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we we won a final the following year as well in 1970. A, a small matter of the uh, a European trophy, of course, as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everyone goes on about the uh, semi-final uh, winner of Villa Park, but no one goes on about the other semi-final goal they scored. Go on then. <laughs> Do you not know? Here's, here's, here's your opportunity. Well, I, I've got another goal I want to talk about. So, so which one are you referring to? Are you talking about the League Cup semi-final? Yeah, we played Plymouth. Yeah. We played Plymouth away. And we yep. threw one all. I scored there, and we beat them at home three 0 Mm-hmm. And yeah. people, so when they ever go to City, uh, you know the supporters branches, and they say, "Oh, Tommy, tell us about the semi-final goal." They always say, "Which one are you talking about?" And they go, "What? <laughs> what are you talking about?" <laughs> and it's just because I mean that. But yeah, that that was uh, the semi-final against Plymouth. We drew, we drew, we drew down there, one all, 
And yeah. we beat them at our place 3 0. Yeah. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. There was a, another goal as well, Tommy, uh, a famous goal at Wembley. Uh, that people talk about, and that was the brilliant overhead kick from Dennis Stewart, of course, in the final of 76. But if you said to people who got the assist that day, who was the person who headed that to Dennis Stewart, I don't think many people would remember, but I think you probably know who did that, don't you? Uh, yeah, that's right. I mean, it was uh, obviously it was me, like, but... Uh, and the thing, the, the thing that, that got me about that was... Uh, when... I mean, Willie Donnicky, Donnicky took the free kick and he, I, I come across and he'd always, they always isolated me, the lads, like, you know, because I was, I was quite good in the air. And I knocked you back and Dennis, uh, obviously, overhead kick, scored the goal, like, and uh, we ended up winning it, but what got me was we, we were up the tunnel, we're going up the tunnel and the, uh, all the cameras are there and this, that and the other, and Dennis is speaking about uh, his goal. And he said, oh, yeah, we practice it in training all the time. Tommy goes to the back post. I, uh, he edges it across, and I do the overhead kick. And I thought, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought, well, if you ask me, like, I'd just say I don't know what he's on about. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, uh, it was a hell of a goal, like, yeah. Yeah, Brilliant. especially to, you know, to, to win it. Yeah, absolutely. And and I know that so we're, we're going to talk about your defensive duties, where you, where you spent most of your career at City, of course. But but again, I'm sure most people remember you. You were sort of pushed up into midfield, weren't you, at, at that point in your career? And I'm I'm kind of interested to know um, how you felt about that. And and you were, did you feel you were kind of a, always a midfielder who was pressed into defending, or were you a Always no, no, I mean, I was, I was always a, I was always a centre-half. I mean, yeah. when I was at school, I played, I used to play up front line, but it was Malcolm who said the centre-half. But what it was, I had a, had a really bad injury uh, years ago, and it was I had ended up having three discs taken out of my back, and uh, that's when they went, because they didn't know if I'd play again. And to be honest with you, too, when I came round at the operation, I thought, play football again I thought I'd look at to be able to walk again because it, it, I'd done slip I'd slipped my disc on the mm. training with the weight training mm. and uh, that's when he signed went to sign Dave Watson who by the way was a great player Dave you know lovely lad as well like and uh, I, 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 I ended up getting fit and I was on the subs bench and uh, it was when Colin Bell got injured and he put me in midfield and I, I, I did okay and then uh, that was it to the end of the season. I stayed in midfield to the end of the season because uh, I played in midfield in that in that final. You did, 
and, and and that that team we're talking about here, Tommy. And, and again, as I said to you, this is me as a as a young lad growing up. I literally. Yeah. You know, it it was just a, a joy as a City fan, of course, with our neighbours across across the city. We were winning everything with that amazing side. What what was it like playing in that magnificent all-English team? Uh, you know, the, the the Books and the Pardos and the Doyles and the Summerby yeah. Bells, Oaks, yeah, Booth, of course. But, you know, what a team that was. And then it, I, now having the pleasure of watching this amazing team that we've got under Pep, I think yeah. there are many similarities as well, the, the way they play. What as As a player, did you appreciate sort of the, the the sort of football we were playing and the sort of domination that we had, of course, of the English game? That what was it like as a player in, in that situation? Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was down to. I mean, Joe Mercer and Malcolm Allison. I mean, uh, everyone says about Malcolm. Malcolm was a great coach. Joe Mercer was a great manager. Together they worked. I mean, Malcolm always struggled as a manager to me. Like, but then when they were together, them two doing things, you to talk things over, talk with the lads as well, like, and they, and they put together a great team. And we had some, we had some uh, fantastic players. You know, the likes of Colin, Colin was unbelievable, and it was a tragedy with his injury. And he, he had Mike Summerby. Mike Summerby used to love the art of the full-backs, the better. I mean, he was a, he was, Mike, Mike was like an animal, you know. <laughs> and then you got Doyle. <laughs> Doyle was just a city through and through. And then we had the, the likes of Neil Young, uh, Alan Oakes, you know, just great full-backs in Glimpardo. Neil, you know, we, we honestly, we had, we, we had a really, really good side, really good Fantastic. side. Fantastic. And you talk yeah. about Mercer and Allison. Of course, it was just the dream team, wasn't it? And they're two totally yeah. different personalities. You know, Mercer able to kind of manage the boardroom and and, and keep that sort of all at bay, and Allison, the, the tactician, probably way, way ahead of his time with diet, yeah. diet, dietetics and fitness and all that stuff. It's just a great story. But of course, yeah. it was it wasn't all roses because of course when Allison came back in '78 and you you touched on this already, you were saying yeah. he was a great coach, not a great manager. So I'm yeah. interested to have a little bit of insight into what Allison was like. We all know about the Mercer Allison years when they were together, but what kind of went wrong? What was different when Allison came back in '78, Tommy? How would you describe that? What what was the mood like? What was that like? Well. When he came back, Malcolm, I mean, we, we all knew, I mean, he was coming back as a manager as well. I mean, the thing with Joe Mercer and uh, Malcolm was like, Malcolm, when he went, when he used to go down, when we used to go down to London playing away in this and the other, he used to go overnight, stay in this and that. And he used to, he used to take the, obviously the board, a lot of the board, boardroom out. Uh, into, into his nightlife and he knew London like the back of his hand and he, he, he's shown them <laughs> nightclubs and this, you know things that they've hardly never seen before and they all thought oh it'd be brilliant what we should do is get Malcolm as manager and move Joe upstairs on the board but Joe must have seen him coming and he wouldn't, he wouldn't have it he yeah. just said no no I'm not having it and Malcolm like I say was a great coach but he needed the guys in hand like Joe Mercer mm-hmm. and Joe because Joe I mean he, he knew He'd always say to Malcolm on the, when we was on the training pitch, Malcolm, oh, let's try this. Let's try. He said, yeah, we'll try on the training pitch. You know, and if it works, then we'll put it into the game on 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 on, uh, on the Saturday. But Malcolm was forever like, oh, and and he wanted he wanted to be the main man, mm-hmm. and in the end he did. And when he when he came back, he had this obsession with the youngsters. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I was captain at the time, and even I knew we had too many, too many youngsters. I mean, we had we had Nicky Reed, uh, Tommy Caton. Uh, we had, oh, there was a, there was loads of them, you know. And, with, and I just thought, you know, we haven't got the experience. And he ended up selling lads like Brian Kidd, Mickey Shannon, so, you know. And then he brought in Rodney, who. Don't get me wrong, Rodney was, a, I mean, I still speak to Rodney, great lad, great lad, but they expected too much of him. But he was just uh, just one of them things where Malcolm, great coach, but no, not, not, not as a manager, no. And let's talk about that, that sort of defensive job that you did. Um, and we talked about that great team and... Uh, you know, we can talk about Laporte and company now and, and so on. Yeah. I've got a question about that in a, in a second. Someone's also asked in terms of who was your favourite defensive partner or partners? Who who did you enjoy playing alongside? Well, first, when I first got in, like, uh, I had a couple of games with George Eslop. Yeah. And then and then I had a couple of games with Mike Doyle. But so sometimes it was either Mike Doyle or it was Alan Oakes. You know, it used to be either one of them two. Yeah. And then uh, when I got the injury, I, I ended up playing, uh, getting back in the side in midfield. But then when a couple of injuries came, I ended up going rather back with Dave Watson. And me and Dave played uh, together for, you know, a couple of times. He was a, he, he was probably the best uh, player I played at the back with was Dave. Uh, and in terms of hardness, Watson or Doyle, if you were having a scrap... Who, who would you pick to take into the fight? Would you take Doyle or Watson in with you? Uh, in a fight? Yeah. Uh, no, Dave, Dave was Dave was, Dave was a <laughs> smashing lad. This and that. Doyle was Doyle, Doyle was a lunatic. <laughs> so you you uh, got to you got to pick one though, Tommy. Which one? Uh, you you probably go. Yeah, I'd probably go with my Doyle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably go with my Doyle. Yeah. And, and in terms of defensive partners, I mentioned Laporte and, and Vinny. You, you can pick one of them now as well. So, in, in, you know, you in your prime, um, that was the whole bloody time you were at City. To us, all 16 years, I think you were at your prime, I have to say. Yeah, uh, who, would, yeah. who, would you, who would you have? Would you have Vinny or, or Laporte? Who would, who would you go with? Oh, you've got to go with Vincent. He was a, yeah. I, I've met him, I spoke to him, and uh, I was, I was gobsmacked when he knew he knew about me. I mean, he's read into the history of the club. Yeah. Just a fantastic player and a great captain, yeah. Absolutely. I'm also interested, I, me in my small way, played in midfield, uh, left winger, um, and, and I'm always fascinated by the relationship between goalkeepers and, and, and centre-halves or central defenders. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I've kind of written down some here. Obviously, I guess Harry Dowd was there. I don't know whether you played with Ken Mulholm or Alan Ogley at all. It was, were, they, were they around or was it pretty Yeah, they were around. Yeah, Harry Dowd, uh, it was... Uh, Ken Mulholm was in the, t- in the team when... Uh, I'm sure that when he got beat by Fenerbahce and uh, then... He brought two lads in, and I got, I got my chance then because I was on the bench for Fenerbahce, yeah. and uh, I'd never I've not played in the first team, and it's the first time I'd flew away as well. Sure. <laughs> and when we got, went, and it's the first time I've seen Rockies go across the pitch instead of into the air. I mean, they were mad, they were mad the Turkish honestly, with the <laughs> supporters. And uh, but yeah, then uh, I was sick as anything, but un- un- unbeknown to me, that was my chance to get in the team. And also, it was Ali Dowd who came into the uh, team with me as well. He topped uh, Ken Muller. 
Uh, and then obviously you, you went to Joe, and then I think Keith McRae. Who who were the other keepers who were around at that time? So I've got Mulhern, Ogley, Dowd, Corrigan, McRae. Was there then a we, were you then playing with others after the end of your career as well at City, or was that pretty much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Career? We had uh, we played with all them. We had the uh, young young lad Ronnie Ely. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Ronnie Ely played. Uh, he played in a couple of uh, cup games with yeah. us and that, and in Europe, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yeah, if, you had, if you had if you had to choose one of those then as well, uh, Tommy, you, you can only choose one of them behind you. Which was your favourite? Which kind of gave you the confidence knowing that you had them in in the nets behind you? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story. It won't tell long. I'll tell you the story. I mean, the one I had to take is Big Joe. But mm. when I was playing, I was centre half, and he, he was for that. Malcolm Allison had this thing about Big Joe because he was six foot. Odd. Big, big lad. Not only he wanted him to control up to you know the little area where he, where he was. He, he was telling Joe the old sort of like area, penalty area was his, and Joe was coming through crowds trying to get balls. And he was, he was. And I, 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 one day, I mean, I think he, he tells people and all when he does a, does any season. I just said, Joe, what are you doing coming out? I said, you're coming out, you're going through bodies, stay on the line. If I, if someone beats me in the air and beats you, well, I'll hold my hands up and I'll clap him off the pitch. Yeah. And that's what I used to say. And he, he stopped. And that's that's when he became a great goalkeeper because at, that, the fir- at first he was making mistake after mistake. And yeah. he, was, he was coming out, clattering to people, this and that. But it was Malcolm would tell him to do this sort of thing. And then he went, he went away and he went to, I uh, can't remember the name of the club, but I know the lad who was there was Harry Gregg. <laughs> remember the goalkeeper? I do. Yeah, played played for a team from just outside Manchester, I think, for a while, didn't he? Play, play in yeah, red, yeah. Well, it was Harry Gregg was the uh, goalkeeping coach and he said he, he learned in Billy. And when he came back, he came back after about six months or nine months or whenever it was, because <laughs> we, we sent him out on loan. And he came yeah. back, he was a different goalkeeper, he was brilliant. They went on to right. play for England. Yeah. And, and, and Graham Ward's asked the question, and when Joe came on, he told us the story, and, and you know as soon as I'm going to start telling you uh, what it is, it was against West Ham, uh, and Joe <laughs> talked about, you know, exactly, I knew you'd know as soon as I started. And you Listen, know, I was, I was, I, yeah, go on. Just, well, just for the listeners, in case they didn't hear the Joe story, I think we just to just say that, that he, he was obviously, he passed the ball, to Ronnie Boyce, who basically smashed it straight back over Joe's head into an, an open goal, and and you had a, and Joe says you had a big grin on your face, and, and Graham Ward wants us wants us to know if, if we can put it on air what it is you said to him. What do you remember of that situation, and what did you? Oh, what yeah, did I remember you say it. To I remember it well. I mean, he, he was come out. He was a short ball, short pass. He, he was. He had a. He got the ball in his hand, knocked it out to one of the things they knocked it back to him so then he could bounce it then and he got to the right hand side of the penalty area and hit it and it sort of looped and it was on about the halfway line where it landed (laughs) and it was it Ronnie Boyce wasn't it something like that it was was yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. and he half followed it and I tell you it was great I mean he never left he was about three foot he half followed it and he kept about three foot high and it went into the uh, net and I looked round and Joe Joe had kicked it and was running back and he said to me after the game he says Tommy you don't want to see the ball in the net I thought I was going to practice ball from when we were kicking the ball before the game (laughs) 
said that he turned around and he'd see me, and I was honestly. I, 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 I was laughing. I was. I couldn't. I couldn't <laughs> help it. I just thought, "What is he doing?" <laughs> and he just looked at me, Joe, and he just thought, "Oh, for God's sake!" <laughs> but yeah, it's funny. I, yeah, I just couldn't. I, I just couldn't help laughing. I had to laugh laughing. But oh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I always leave a, a special mention. Uh, for a very special player, someone who will remain in my heart forever, and you know who I'm going to be talking about, but you've mentioned him already, the, the greatest player in my view ever to pl play for Manchester City. And uh, we've got uh, uh, someone on the on the podcast who sort of sent a message in, so he's got a scrapbook, um, yeah. and it's, it's Wazza is his name, and his scrapbook has got a five-a-side team in it, and he's got five pitches. He's got Keith yeah. McRae in goal. Yeah. He's got T Tommy Booth. And he's yeah. got three three pictures of Colin Bell. That that's his five aside team. The great Colin Bell goes. <laughs> and I went back to Wazza. I went back to Wazza. I said you probably only need Colin, two Colin Bells to beat any side on the planet. I just I'm just fascinated to know. You know, you've mentioned him already, but what were what what were his qualities? What was so special about the great Colin Bell? Uh, I honestly think. I mean, we we used to train uh, within Shore Park, and. Uh, Teddy Kibbertson, I'm sure you, you remember him yeah. from years yeah, ago yeah. as a runner, and yeah. he come training with us, and uh, he said to us, like, Colin, Colin would never, ever take the mickey out, because we used to do, we used to train really hard at Wittinshire Park. It was always on a Monday when we didn't have a game all week, mm -hmm. and uh, we'd train really hard, and he, he just said Colin could have done anything he wanted, he could, he could have done the long distance, could have done short distance stuff. He said he just, as an athlete, he was uh, just unbelievable. He was, uh, he just said, yeah. And I was there when, uh, I, I was coming back from injury. Uh, I, was, I was on the subs bench when uh, that tackled by uh, Martin Buchan. Mm, yeah. And uh, as, he, as he went down, when Colin Bell went down, he, he, he hardly ever went down, Colin. So when he went down and, and he, 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 he lay motionless, we knew there was something wrong. And I was coming back from an injury as well, like you know, my back injury. So anyway, they got all the time, got him up, and I remember going up the tunnel because in them days it was different how you put a sub on. And I went up, and his leg was twice the size. His right leg was twice the size, and it was. Uh, we had a surgeon on our board at the time, and he, he just uh, Sydney Rose he was, and he Sydney Rose just said, "Anyone got a sharp object, please, please?" And someone gave him some, and he stuck it into Colin's leg, and the blood went everywhere. Unbelievable! I was there; like, I'd never seen anything like it. And afterwards, I, I mean, and then I got, got went out and obviously uh, played the rest of the game. And when he come back, he'd been rushed to hospital, Colin, and. Uh, it, a few days later, they said if he hadn't done that, he'd, he'd have lost his leg. A real tragedy, a real tragedy. And of course, yeah. and I say this each time we have this conversation, is that you know he, he was never, he was great when he came back, an emotional night, of course, at Main Road yeah. when he came back on. But yeah. he was never the same, was he, Tommy? You could just tell he didn't, he was just still, not, no, the, still not was, the same still, player. Still walks with a limp, still walks yeah. with a limp, always had the limp, but... I played that day and I've never heard anything like it when it came on. <laughs> Jeez, the, the crowd was unbelievable. You know, it was it was deafening, wasn't it? It was. I, mean, I was there. It, it, it was, uh, was, yeah, yeah, it was deafening. I, mean, I think we had we was nil nil or something. We ended up three nil or something like that. That's right. It? That's right. But he was. 
But even even then, when he still had, I mean, as I say, he walks with a limp now, like, but uh, yeah. yeah. Let, let's let, let's come back to you and and uh, interesting to know how you're going to react to this one. But you know, you never won an England cap. You got a sort no. of under 23s and your your thoughts and reflections on that, Tommy. Who was who were the people who were winning the caps at the time? Who were keeping you out of the side? Because you know, as a City fan, you, you always want to get your your favourites in in the England side. Who who were the sort of players yeah. who were pipping you at the post? Well, and, your, and your thoughts about that as well? Yeah, well, I went away with. Uh... When Joe Mercer got the uh, England job for the few few games, and uh, I went away with the England squad. Uh, at, uh, we played, uh, I think it was East Germany or something like that. And I was on the subs bench then, but in them days you had to get on the pitch. You, know, you yeah. didn't get a cap or whatever. Yeah. I got on the 23 caps. But uh, no, I mean, we had uh, Roy McFarland. Mm. Roy McFarland was a good player who was uh, played for Derby County. Yeah. He, you, he you, was, were uh, you were better than You were better than him, Tommy. Right, but he was a good player, the kid like that. But I mean, no, it, it just depends how you go. I mean, it does, but I mean, it was it wants to be him. And the only thing was uh, when I had that back injury, apparently I was going to get sort of like called up for England, and uh, which they gladly told me at the club, which I wanted. That, you know, that really made me feel a lot happier. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I mean, it's, oh, Tommy, if you haven't heard yourself, you know, yeah, you were being called up for England. You. <laughs> You know, just the thing you want to wear like when you're in bed, like not knowing if you're going to walk ever again. <laughs> exactly. Fantastic. Yeah. Listen, you, you, when you finished at City, you 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 actually gave gave it a go at managing a team as well. Of course, having played for Preston when you left City. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just just before we talk about managing, just your kind of your playing career at Preston. Any any highlights of that particularly? Did you ever actually play City as a, as a Preston player? I don't suppose you did, did you? No, no, we didn't play. We didn't play uh, anyone. That, it was Tommy Doherty you uh, I went with. Tommy Doherty signed me. And, yeah. Uh, so uh, and he was <laughs> the dog was unbelievable, honestly. You know, and uh, but uh, he, yeah, he was. Uh, I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it, like you know. But it's uh, we don't. As I say, we we didn't. We just stayed in there. It was, I think we were in the second division at the time, like, and uh, you, you just realise how, how different, uh, the, you know, the game is like when you've been around with a, a club and won all the trophies and you come down to the lower. But, but then again, like, but Preston had, had, had uh, years and years ago, before the, even before me, they had some great players there, you know what I mean? Absolutely. But uh, the thing wasn't all, I ended up managing him. You did? And I realised... It wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> what, what makes well, what makes you say what makes you say that, Tommy? Why, what was what uh, was the issue for you then? No, I just uh, I, I didn't. I, I wasn't. I mean, I got the job because uh, they sat the manager and they said, "Oh, you be, will you just?" I mean, I didn't get the manager's job as such. I didn't sign a contract, but they said, "You run, run it for us, you know, until we can find another manager." And I and I just didn't like. No, I, I couldn't. No, it, it wasn't me. I wasn't me. I mean, you know, like footballers always go to uh, go in, you know, go to. Lily Shaw, where you get your badge, this badge, and I see, I see, I never, I, I only ever went to Lily Shaw once, and uh, 
So, so what was it? What was it then, Tommy? About managing? Was it was it motivating the players? Was it the fact you frustrated because you couldn't play the game? Was it dealing upstairs with the directors? What? Which aspect? Yeah, it was, was all, it all that as well, like, But it's also getting your badge. I mean, I've got to tell you this story. I, was, I went down to Lily Show with uh, Willie Donnerke. There's a few of us went from City. It was Willie Donnerke, some at Ace and Hartford, someone else. So we get there, like, and uh, we're doing a. Attack against defence. Mm-hmm. So we've got the attack, and I'm in defence by the centre. So this lad who's doing the coaching, he says, Tommy, he says, uh, just uh, misplace the tackle or mis- misplace the header, will you? So I went, sorry? He said, no, just misplace a tackle or the header. And I went, oh, all right. So there's like four of them, four against four, here, something like that, and a goalkeeper, four against four. And a load of other lads who were one, one, getting the badges as well, you know, ex-players. So there's about 30. But... So anyway, I, tried it, I, I, I did actually find it difficult to try to miscontrol the ball. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I did do I did do I don't, don't, don't know. And he blew the whistle and went, whoa, he said, whoa, whoa, Tommy, that's no way to trap a ball. What you do, you get your body here. Like, and I went, well, you can imagine what I said. I said, you just told me to do it. <laughs> and I had a right. And anyway, they said, oh, no, no, no. And I just went, that's it. That's it. And I, that was my first intro into trying to get uh, my badge. And he ended up, and we'd booked for three days. I ended up getting the car and driving home. I thought, and he was a school teacher who was telling me. It, it doesn't sound as though it was for you, Tommy, as you say. That, that no, a, and he just no. didn't. He just, I just thought, no, 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 not for me. Not for me. No, no. Am, am I right in thinking as well, because we've got a team of hundreds of people, researchers all over the Man City Show offices, as you can appreciate, uh, that you did you do a job as a community officer at Bolton Wanderers as well for football in the community for a while as well? Is yeah, they right? did that, did you, yeah. Yeah, so I, just I, went to, down, I went to a few schools and that. Yeah, yeah, we did, I did that. Like, cause they were saying about going into schools and the coaching and doing a bit of uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and did you, is that something you enjoyed as well? Did you get the pleasure out? Yeah, of it was good. I mean, the, the, the kids were all that. I mean, you, you just you just showing a little bit of bits of things like what you did, one touch, and you always mentioned. You'd always ask him who, who, who the favourite team is and who's the favourite player like. So, yeah, we played against him. And they loved it, the kids. Yeah, yeah, sure. the kids loved sure. it, yeah, yeah. And, and, and Tommy, we, we've got to talk about the current side, haven't we, as well now? We, we've got to talk about Pep and, and, and what he's produced at City and the, and the whole yeah. setup, of course. You talk, you've talked about Wimshaw Park and Main Road. It is yeah. a million miles, isn't it? It's a million miles from what, what, they, what these players enjoy today. Looking back and looking forward, what, as an ex-player who clearly won everything pretty much that's going in the game and, and I don't hesitate when I call you a City legend I mean that and that's how most City fans would always refer to you as what is it like lo- looking looking at this current setup, Tommy how do you feel about that what, what, what does it look like to you yeah yeah I mean I mean but don't forget I mean I think we had a City, city main road and uh, we had the training facilities uh, we had a couple of di- different training uh, centres where we were we had uh, a good setup at City as it was I mean and, and but when you look at what they've got nowadays I mean it's, <laughs> it's incredible I mean I, I do uh, I do uh, legends tours every so often you know they, they ring, mm-hmm. the club ring you up like it's, it's either me Barnsley or Joe Codigan you know and we go down with we go down with about say 
18, 20 people and we go to different places and we go to the complex, you know, and uh, where the kids, you know, stay. Uh, if they stay in there, you know, you know, for six months, like. Yeah. I mean, it's like a five-star hotel. They've got their own chefs cooking for them. This and that. You, you couldn't believe what you see. You can't believe what you see, you know. <laughs> so, so what was your pre-match meal then, Tommy? What do you use to tuck into pre-match? Well, the thing was, uh, uh, nearly all the lads, uh, like I say, Colin, Neil, Bucky, every one of them had steak. <laughs> and they had steak sort of like... <laughs> You know, it was medium rare, rare, rare as anything, honestly. I mean, in, and in hindsight, nowadays, they say you, you couldn't have digested it in time, but to be honest with you, truthfully, it didn't do them lads much harm, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, I, but I used to sit next to them and see all this blood on the pay, and it used to be like, because <laughs> I'm not the best at, you know, with blood and all that, and I used to be like nearly throwing up, like, and I used to have chicken, I used to have a piece of chicken. That was me, like. But I mean, that, but that's all you had. To, you know, if it was a three o'clock kickoff, which always was in them days, it was twelve o'clock. You'd have the steak, and these these belly young gay mics from it always had. Honestly, pan fried it was. You know, one over, yeah. one over, two seconds, and then it used to come out and be, oh god, no. Nothing. I feel, I feel a bit. I feel a bit sick. sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, one for me that. <laughs> And what about your kind of role at the club now, Tommy, as well? Because the great news is, and I think one of the fantastic things City have done, it's not just about the whole regeneration of East Manchester and what they've done to the campus there and the success on the pitch. I think they're really great at uh, the legends and bringing them back and involving them like your your good self. You're involved on match days. Just tell us a little bit about your role there on match days and, and the legends tools that you touched on as well. Yeah, it's, it's about, it's, there's so many of us, like, and uh, there's about 10 or 12 of us, and uh, we go round in twos and threes, and we get we, we get different uh, parts of the ground to go to, you know, go, and, but the people know we're coming anyway, like, because they, they know who's, who's about to come into the thing, and they, they have uh, sort of like birthdays, and we go over and sort of like wish them happy birthday, have a chat with them about you know, talk about all sorts, and they love it. You know, it was really good the way way, way they do it. Like, you know, fantastic. Um, listen, uh, it's been an absolute joy and a pleasure chatting to you, Tommy. We we do a little something at the end of the show, a quick fire round as well. Uh, yeah. So you're not allowed you're not allowed to think very much about these. It's whatever first comes into your head. Um, are you are you ready to play the game then, Tommy? Are you ready? Well, yeah, go on. Then. Right, Marmite. Love it or hate it? Hate it. Sky blue or red and black stripes? Sky blue. Bell or De Bruyne? (laughs) Bell. (laughs) Christmas or your birthday? Uh, Christmas. You're thinking about these too much here, Tommy. I want your immediate thoughts. Main Main Road or the Etihad? Main Road. Ursula or Alison? Alison. Oof. Ski slopes or beach? Oh, ski slopes. Ooh. A pint of beer or a glass of wine? Pint of beer. Beetles or stones? Stones. I know the answer to this one. Managing or playing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> playing. Yeah. Moving, yeah. moving on. And the final one. Company or book? Oh, God, that is a bad one, that. <laughs> 
I'll, I'll go for I'll go for Vincent because he plays in my position. Like <laughs> fantastic. Listen, Tommy, it's been a real pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us. I wish yeah. you well, and you and, and stay safe. This is yeah, Nigel. Yeah, Rothband you saying. as well, thanks. Yeah, take care. Cheers. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit Playback Media. Sports Social Podcast Network.